This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Matthews right on Buddy Beheim. Uh, didn't stay with him, though. Speaking Curtis. of Buddy Beheim, Buddy Buckets comes right out with his first shot. Once again, the ability to elevate. Seriously. Uh, yep. Are you, as you would say, serious? It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Oh, you had fun over the weekend? Well, you get eight more games today starting in about an hour from right now. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, thanks for listening to BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network, airing live on the Radio.com app, the Radio.com Sports YouTube page, 1430 in Denver, 93.1 HD3 in Los Angeles, and starting today officially 105.9 HD2, the bet in Chicago. Ostrowski and Horvat, and we welcome in our guy, Mike Rutherford, at Card Chronicle on Twitter, college basketball analyst. Uh, check out his work, cardchronicle.com. Mike, we had to wait a couple years for this, so I- I'm just going to let you rip. Those three days, go ahead, man. Your thoughts. Oh, my God. I, I mean, the NCAA, I think, officially defines an upset in the tournament as a team seated five spots or more lower than their opponent. We've had 11 of those. It's the most in NCAA tournament history. We've played a round and a half. Uh, I mean, it, it, was, it was beautiful. Um, for having to wait two years for this 24 full months, we deserved the best. We deserved caviar and champagne. We got caviar and champagne, uh, unless you're an Illinois fan, I guess. <laughs> Mike, this weekend, what did you get right, and what did you get just completely wrong? Like, what are you proud of yourself about? Like, where you just hit something, and then what were you just way off on, besides probably Illinois like the rest of us? Yeah, uh, the one thing that I got right, and I think I talked about it with you guys uh, last week after the bracket had come out, if you didn't see zombie Syracuse coming, that's on you. Uh, This this is what they do. This is who they are. This is where they thrive. But their basketball team is so bad, and their inclusion in the tournament disgusts you to the point that you feel like you're going to throw up if you advance them in your bracket even one spot. That's when you know they're about to make a run. That's when it, it, it defies all logic. There's, it, it makes absolutely no sense. You just have to go with it. You just have to know that it's coming. Syracuse, I saw the stat last night. They are now 9-2 and two as a double-digit seed. That's absurd. And, and all three times that it's happened over the last decade, their inclusion in the field on Flex and Sunday was met with like an overwhelming sense of, these guys just don't belong. What are we doing here? And they feed off that. I, I said it yesterday. If I'm Jim Beheim, I'm starting every single season in November with a well-produced fake selection show where Syracuse is one of the last teams in the field. And then I'm, I'm writing all these fake stories about how mad everybody is that they're in. I'm showing my team this. And then they're going 40-0. Like, like, this is, I don't know why they can't maintain this during the regular season, but that's who they are. Uh, I was, like you mentioned, I was definitely off on Illinois. I thought their talent, their athleticism, their, their superior size was going to be the difference in that game. I had no idea that Brad Underwood was not going to accentuate any of those advantages, 
not change up his game plan whatsoever. Porter Moser, I think, coached three people around him in that game yesterday. He came out and said, look, we're not going to let Io DeSumo kill us with straight line drives. We're not going to let Kobe Coburn kill us in the paint. We're going to double Coburn. We're going to have help defenders ready on Io. And if he and Trent Frazier can beat us from the outside, so be it. They couldn't. Uh, Illinois couldn't knock down an outside shot. Carbello couldn't do enough in the paint. Io never really got going. And then Illinois never never forced the issue. They never started pressuring Loyola. They never started to generate any, any types of turnovers to get some cheap points. And that was really surprising to me that, that they made no moves. It was a, a great day for Porter Moser, not a great day for Brad Underwood. And Jim Beheim did say on Sunday, not one sentence on the internet matters, obviously, the exception <laughs> to that rule, cardchronicle.com. Uh, Mike Rutherford from cardchronicle.com with us. You're right on the Syracuse point. That's on you. I wasn't even mad. I wrote down San Diego State too many times, and I was just like, you're an idiot, Joe. Like You do this every single year. You're right. That That is 100% on me. Uh, so we had so many upsets over the first three days of the tournament. I'm not. I'm looking at today's card. I'm not sure that it's going to stop in the uh, day four here. Why? Why? Because we heard a lot of pundits over the last week say, "Oh, I don't know. It's, it's setting up like a chalky tournament." Why do you think we saw so many upsets? I, I think you had this weird combination of one: how much do we really know about these teams? Like, I think you're seeing a lot of people now saying what I, what I heard some rumblings about a few weeks ago. Like, was the Big Ten really that good, or were they so insulated that we couldn't even tell the difference? I mean, we did not get a full non-conference schedule um, this season. So with, with college basketball, always there's a little bit of mystery surrounding, you know, how good are these teams in their particular conferences? Because we only get a month and a half of these teams playing, uh, you know, other teams from other conferences across the country. And it's early in the season. Teams get better as the year goes on. But you never really, you know, until you get to the tournament. And this year, obviously, that's been amplified two, threefold because, you know, some teams, even from power conferences, only played four or five non-conference games. Some teams didn't play any good teams from other power conferences. So uh, I think that there, it falls within reason that some of these single-digit seeds, some of these top five seeds probably weren't as good as we thought they were. And then from the lower conferences, again, some of these teams played no non-conference games. So, we didn't know a whole lot about, uh, I mean, Iona with Versatinos, they played nine games before their conference tournament. Uh, the Patriot League, Colgate, played no games outside of the Patriot League. So it, it's just, it was going to be an unpredictable tournament. The circumstances are bizarre. I mean, I, I was texting with somebody the other day talking about how, I mean, these are 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. They're in a bubble. They're, you know, you don't know how they're going to handle it. And I was like, this could be a year where the difference between Arkansas getting beat in the second round and going to the final four could be Moses Moody eating too much pizza. It's such a bizarre deal. Um, I think you also saw some interesting matchups. Like Lenny Roberts, they are the prototypical March Cinderella. They get up and down. They take a bunch of threes. They've got two guys that can absolutely light it up. So when they go up against a team like Ohio State that doesn't play a whole lot of defense, that's a, a recipe for an upset. When they go up against a team like Florida, that has been wildly inconsistent, that's a recipe for an upset. So I'm not saying we should have seen all of this coming. Uh, of course we shouldn't. This is, has been a historical first three days. But it makes a little bit more sense when you look at it under uh, the proper lens uh, in hindsight. Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this entire card for today, what you like, what you're targeting. But uh, in an hour, we have a game that's going to tip off on a Monday. So the degenerate in me 
is going to make me play this game between Oregon and Iowa. Now, I like the points, but Oregon, they've had nine days off since their last game. But if you look at them offensively, 14 and Ken Palm's adjusted efficiency, 30th in effective field goal percentage, and we know what Iowa does offensively. So I'd love to play the over. But, again, we haven't seen Oregon in over a week. Do you have any read on this game? Because, again, it's the first game of the day. It's on a Monday, and I feel like I have to play it, even though there's nothing I really love. Well, you're also just dismissing the fact that we now know that the Pac-12 is the greatest conference in the history of college basketball, <laughs> right? Like, about like it. that was another thing that, that we all, that nobody was talking about going into this tournament. The Pac-12 being dangerous. I, I mean, talking about a historically unpredictable tournament. You're right. Talking about an Oregon team now that is in the second round without having played a single game. How do you handle that? I really like Oregon coming into this tournament. Uh, I think I told you guys last week. I've got them in my elite eight. I thought they were a little bit understanded at seven. I thought USC also had a chance to meet them in that second weekend as a six seed. But now with with Iowa looking pretty good in the opening against Grand Canyon and Oregon having that bizarre scenario where they're preparing for a game on Saturday night, the game gets canceled, they end up practicing on Saturday night. Who knows how they handle all of that? I do like the team. I think Chris Watson is fantastic. I think they've got some uh, legit, like high professional level players. And I think also they can exploit Iowa where Iowa's a little bit weak. They defend the perimeter well enough. Um, they don't have an answer for Luka Garza inside. That may be a little bit of an issue. But Luka's always going to get his. So I'm with you on liking the over. But I like the Ducks here. I, I would not be shocked at all if they win this game and go ahead and advance outright. I think it's going to be – I'm glad it's a standalone game. I think it's going to be a really entertaining two hours of basketball. This is BQL Daily. Our guest, Mike Rutherford, at Card Chronicle on Twitter. Of the seven other games today, uh, which one do you have the strongest opinion? I would say uh, probably that Alabama is going to rule Maryland. I, I felt I felt like Maryland could muck it up well enough uh, against Connecticut to advance into the second round. But Bama, they kind of got their muck it up game out of the way against Iona. They did not shoot the ball well at all. Um, they really had to – it took a – late in the second half run where Iona was just gassed for them to pull away. And Alabama can beat you in a variety of ways. I think there's this notion out there that they're just all run and gun. The way that people view Alabama is as sort of like a Iowa counterpart. And I don't think that's accurate whatsoever. Alabama has the second best adjusted defensive efficiency in the country. Uh, Maryland does not shoot the ball well from the outside. They shot it well against Connecticut because Connecticut just gave them wide open looks. I don't think that's going to be the case today. And I would not expect Alabama's had two bad shooting games in their last three. That's not indicative of who they are. I think they break out of it tonight. I don't think Maryland's a good defensive team, but I don't think they have the horses on the outside to, to keep Alabama from doing what they want to do. I feel really confident about Alabama winning going away in that game tonight. Mike, obviously we have a whole another round of games today before we even have the Sweet 16 set. But right now, if you are trying to place a future, which if you could find any value whatsoever, but for you, can you see anybody actually knocking off Gonzaga or even Baylor, who I feel like we're sleeping on because they had the COVID layoff, they came back, they weren't the same team, but right now they look really good. Granted, it was Wisconsin yesterday, but they shot the basketball pretty damn well. Yeah, Baylor played a great game. Like I, I was kind of down on Baylor coming into the tournament. Uh, I thought North Carolina was going to beat them in the second round because I'm an idiot. Um, and <laughs> Carolina, you know, you had the Roy Williams stat that I love that this was the year where that ridiculous Roy Williams first round record stat became ubiquitous. It was everywhere. Everybody was talking about it. So, right. of course, it's being blasted in the first round by 23. Uh, but you're right. I, I thought they would played really well yesterday. And they get a 
a pretty favorable draw. Uh, I know Villanova played well in both of its games. They're still kind of the walking wounded. Uh, they're still not who they were before Colin Gillespie got hurt. I would expect Baylor to take care of business there. And then that side of the bracket now is, is just so bizarre. Um, the Midwest Quartet is uh, a very motley crew. It would have been hilarious if we had lost the Rutgers and we had a Rutgers, uh, Syracuse, Oregon State, Oregon, Chicago final pod to go to the Final Four. But I, I feel good about Baylor's chances to come out of that side and wind up playing for the national title. But I still feel, and maybe this is, is misguided, maybe they won't play as well today and I'll, I'll change my stance, it still feels like Gonzaga versus everybody else. I, I yep. still think they just have too many weapons. This is their tournament to lose. This feels like the Gonzaga tournament. It feels like on everyone's bracket, they uh, they had Michigan bowing out against the LSU Bonnies winner. And then obviously we know it's the LSU Tigers going up against the Wolverines today. Uh, do you expect Michigan uh, to be eliminated or are, are maybe they're going to shock everyone and make a deep run here? I think Michigan takes care of business. I know LSU looks really good against St. Bonaventure. That looks more like a excuse me, like a five twelve game than an eight nine game. Um, but I, I think Michigan still, even without Isaiah Livers, has more in the tank than people are giving them credit for. I think that Jawan Howard uh, is, is probably a better in game coach. We can say that now, uh, given what he's done this year, than Will Wade is. Uh, I'd like to see that at punch counterpoint. I, I know that LSU can go. I like blow for blow with Michigan when it comes to pure talent. I don't think, though, that they can come out with a game plan. Like Cam Thomas was so good against St. Bonaventure. I don't know if he can follow that performance and do the same thing against Michigan. Michigan, whether it's under Howard or going back to the John Beeline days, they're really good at taking away what you do best. And if they take away Cam Thomas and Trenton Watford and their ability to go on these you know, absurd streaks and get out in transition and get open looks that way, then I don't know if the Tigers can have a, a counterpunch there. I think Michigan, again, maybe this looks completely foolish a few hours from now, I think Michigan actually takes care of business in this one and kind of gets everybody back on the Wolverine hype train. What high seed team do you think has the best shot to continue to advance, I guess? You know, obviously nobody saw this coming from Oral Roberts, Oregon State. We'll see what Ohio does today. I'm pretty high on them. I think they advance. Which team do you think is built? And then – you know, maybe to make a run all the way to the final four and kind of be this year's Cinderella team. I'm with you on Ohio. I think they've got a really good shot against a Creighton team that probably deserved to get beat by UCSB. And I think it's still a little bit, they haven't looked like themselves since the whole controversy happened. Uh, but I don't think Ohio is a legit threat to make a final four, but that Midwest region, I mean, you can kind of throw a dart. Houston was wildly unimpressive yesterday against Houston. Uh, I mean, against uh, Rutgers, I should say, Syracuse could easily come out and, and make their second double-digit Final Four in the last uh, six years. But Oregon State, I mean, riding momentum right now. This is a team that uh, a week and a half ago was uh, at 500 overall for the season, staring down a 16-point second-half deficit against UCLA in the Pac-12 quarters. It looked like they were going to have a unremarkable end to an unremarkable season, and now here they are. They they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Uh, Oklahoma State seemed like the safe bet to come out of that region last uh, after last night's uh, event. And Oregon State really took it through them from start to finish. It wasn't just that they beat Tennessee and they beat Oklahoma State. They look superior to both those teams from pretty much opening tip uh, to the final buzzer. At this point, I I'm not putting anything past Wayne Tinkle and company. They've looked really, really good over the last week and a half. 
Mike Rutherford at Card Chronicle on Twitter, college basketball analyst and publisher of CardChronicle.com. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy the day. You too, guys. Good stuff, as always, from Mike Rutherford. Look at the number of double-digit seeds that are going to be – that could be, I should say, in the Elite Eight. I mean, you've got UCLA, Abilene Christian. One of them is going to make it today. They could take down your Bama, Maryland winner, Oregon State going up against Loyola. It's, I mean, or Roberts. Man, so much fun. John Gatsaway is next. Oh, his line I went down. We'll talk about it.